Okay. Namaste. My name is Amok and welcome to my podcast. So today uh, I've decided to uh, do an interview and the guest is as I mentioned on social media it's uh, Shivam Pandya Dr Shivam Pandya. He's, he goes by the handle at Shivam Da and hi Shivam. Hi. So um I would like to start with uh, a little bit of your background. So I now know that you are a surgical oncology resident, but uh, I was hoping you could give me a few details. Yeah, so uh, I'm a surgical oncology resident, as you said, uh, in third year. Um, I did, I'm basically, I'm from Ahmedabad and born and brought up right here. Apart from, you know, medicine, I've dabbled in a few other fields. I've done, I learned French back at the age of 15. I've dabbled in writing. I had just, I had fun. I had a three-month course of theater. And now eventually I'm back, back to what I love, surgery. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. And actually that's not all that is, you know, interesting about you. I mean, I'm sure we'll come to that, but your inter- internet persona is actually very interesting. And I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about at that, at that point. So, um, yes, it's definitely. Yeah, uh, I was thinking maybe we could start with Matar Paneer. I went through your blog and the f- okay. first entry, the blog that's uh, posted to your Twitter page actually. And the very first entry okay. is about um, how you uh, got the news uh, of your first attempt at Neat PG. And you, yeah. uh, you hadn't uh, gotten what you wanted, to put it mildly in your yes. own words. And uh, then when you came back home and then you had, I mean, your mom had cooked your favorite food for you and things like that. And then uh, in subsequent, a few subsequent blogs, you talk about how um, competitive the medical field actually is. And you talk about how, what it takes to succeed in that how to handle failure and a lot of other things. You also mentioned that your uh, point of inspiration was Arsene Wenger. And after that, I mean, yeah, so you talk a lot about that and then what you basically had to go through, how you succeeded eventually, how to handle failure and a lot of those things. So why don't you tell me a little bit about, uh, I mean, some of those experiences of yours specifically in uh, in the field of medicine and what exactly it is that takes to you know succeed in in simpler terms and in addition to that just one more question what made yeah. you go so hard at medicine okay uh, so first of all what the incident that you're talking uh, took place way back in 2012, 2012-2013. So uh, the non-medical people will not have an idea about it. But that was the first year that the NEET PG exam was declared. Hmm. Uh, before that, the uh, the pre-PG exams used to be like there was a common All India exam, and there were I think 50% seats of All India, All India government colleges only. So they were reserved for All India PG. And then there were every state had its own exam. Every private college had its own exam. Every uh, institute of national significance like Ames, Jipmer, uh, Christian Medical College, St. John's, uh, these places had their own exams. 
so on an average uh, a medical student would have to do at least 10 different exams every year and that would entail like at least one exam would mean a cost of minimum 20000 30000 minimum wow okay so the step taken in yeah per exam because see you have to travel to that place you have to apply oh. for the exam okay, to okay. pay so the exam fees then you have to travel then you have to stay at least for one day food everything and then sometimes you don't go alone you your 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 parents come with you somebody comes with you yeah so you know it was a very expensive and very cumbersome affair because every exam that we had to give we were fighting we were like uh, 2000 people fighting for five seats yeah so it, it was that bad yeah so the step taken in 2012 was to have a common all india exam neat pg mm-hmm. and that step was obviously means there was huge opposition against it and everything so this neat pg was the first neat that i had given the first pre pg okay. exam that i had given in 2012 okay and back then i don't know i was not in the right state of mind i did not prepare well lot of things happened and i had scored uh, 10000 11000 rank and i was not getting the seat of my choice as you said hmm. and so i decided to take a drop now to take a drop is a big thing yeah uh, because when like i am i i come from a non medical family so okay. everybody nobody in my family is a doctor okay so it it gets very difficult sometimes to explain that you know uh, i have taken a drop i have not failed yeah that yeah, it's it's a very small difference true <laughs> but true. it's a very significant difference yeah so that's what happened and the day results were declared i was really down in the dumps that how can this happen to me yeah. and that was when my mom took me out and uh, took me out for uh, dinner and then we had this talk that you know i mean we are not celebrating we are celebrating your new beginning yeah whatever has happened has happened yeah. and now you have to go you have to come back and you have to go up Yeah. So that's how it all began. Yeah. So that's it. And uh, regarding the second question, what it takes? So what it takes is, I would just say one word that you have to be very bloody minded. I mean, you don't have to give up. Yeah. Okay. You I mean, you only need to have your one goal in front of your eyes that I want this. Yeah. Like I wanted surgery. Hmm. I wanted a rank in top thousand. That was my goal. I just I I didn't know. I mean, I didn't even know that whether I will get it or not. Hmm. But I wanted to give all my efforts towards that. Yeah. And by grace of God, it actually happened. So yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. And actually, uh, I had another question there. It's that I mean, you said that um, what it takes to succeed, like you said, like determination, grit, and basically all of those things. But I have actually one more question with that. What made you? uh i mean uh, do all of this what conviction did you have in mind that you had to go so hard at this field that was one of the things that i was asking you why uh, behind this yeah see the why part is it means if you want the, the field that i wanted the seat that i wanted general mm-hmm. surgery hmm. i i knew that i have to get a certain rank and yeah. to get a good college hmm. so the competition is like see you have 95000 people giving the exam hmm and you have to get within at least top 5000 to get a good seat wow hmm. and beyond that to get a actual good college yeah. okay 
so that's a little that's how it goes and uh, is i'll 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 tell you something else uh, you know when i first saw means i joined uh, these coaching classes i went there and till then i was still thinking okay i have one year left i have so much of study material i can do it ye wo and then i saw how many people were there in that hall yeah there were 2000 people in that hall yeah so i just calculated there are 95000 people in india everyone has the same material everyone has the same amount of time some people are sitting for two more years than me yeah what is it that is special about myself how can i make myself separate from these 95000 yeah so from that everything was born the whole study plan everything was born from that single thought that i yeah. have to be different from the other 95000 yeah Yeah, so that's how it went. Yeah, it's a pretty big motivator. And general surgery, you wanted a seat in general surgery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And after that, of course, uh, your journey is pretty clear. After that, yeah. You... After that, I then I went for onco. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, let's come to that then. Um, I've also read a lot of your stories. I think you wrote ten stories, if I'm not wrong. But your eleven, eleven, and twelve. Yeah, yeah, something. I, I, I remember reading all of them. I just don't remember how many of those were. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about them. So, uh, could you uh, say narrate at least one story that moved you the most during your entire, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, experience till now? Because I'm sure there okay. are a lot of stories, a lot of cases where. you you kind of might have felt helpless and i've read uh, some of those like patients from really un- underprivileged backgrounds come and how you people handle it's it's a big part of your job so could you tell a story about what a, 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 a not just a surgeon but a doctor goes through <laughs> during uh, some of these postings see one story that is really close to me was uh, it is it is there in my blog uh, it is called uh, mangoes and maggots yeah i remember so, that. yeah mangoes and maggots that was the story of a woman who had come in the emergency department with maggots in the foot yeah so maggots is basically the what hatches out from the eggs of a house fly yeah and uh, a, a wound containing maggots is like it's the dirtiest wound it is a wound which nobody has taken care of and most often we saw these patients uh, they were like lying on the roadside a drug door totally drunk out of their senses nobody is seeing them the wounds are festering completely yeah and then here comes this lady who has five relatives two son her husband her brother everyone and they are lifting her and they have, they brought her to our emergency so i was really angry that how can you let this happen how can you let a living person how can five people are taking care of one person keep the wound so dirty that they allowed it to have maggots it was horrible yeah so and maggots stink like hell they raise a huge stink yeah, the yeah. entire casualty would be cleared out when yeah. when this patient comes hmm. so i cleaned it everything dressing we did regular dressing patient developed leg contracture the muscles contracted hmm. so i used to apply a splint daily so that one dressing would take half an hour i will i used to do it twice a day but eventually the wound improved and yeah. she she was stable as when she come she was in sepsis 
and three days later after this after the surgery and with antibiotics uh, the mm. sepsis got resolved she improved mm. and uh, when we were discharging her uh, just a day before she gave me a huge bag like a, it, it was a huge bag and very heavy i mm. said what is this so she opened it and she said that they were on mango farmers and she had gotten me the first crop their first crop and that was in the bag wow they were i think 20 25 mangoes were there and i finished it off in one night <laughs> <laughs> yeah that will do to you so, way- yes and that was the first mango that we had that that i had that year and it was my first year away from home oh, and wow. uh, back home you know having the first mango used to be a big thing used to offer it to the temple first and then we would have it yeah so it used to be kind of a small ritual yeah yeah which i was missing in the residency hmm. so this really brought me back to home and it really felt emotional yeah. at that uh, time so that was this that was one story which i really it, it it really moved me and it had a happy ending so i really liked yeah it. yeah uh, i mean some of these uh, stories when i read i mean I, even i was overwhelmed with emotion i mean practically for people coming from such backgrounds you people are gods for them so you 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 on several occasions you literally save their lives and they, yeah, they recognize, sometimes they recognize as such that i mean they know that they had no hopes before they came to the hospital and then after you guys are done with them they are pretty much as they were before the problem so i mean yes it's definitely going to be there now uh, let's talk about the other end of the spectrum arrogant people people who <laughs> may or may not know that doctors are not at fault sometimes it just happens but then they still think maybe roughing you people up will solve their problems for some reason so do you have any anecdotes of that sort or were you lucky not really actually i have been really lucky i would say nice. i'm this is my 6th year of residency oh and 7th okay. if you count my senior residency also say 3 years of ms and now in my 3rd year of mch okay, okay i have rarely i have never been roughed up never oh, oh nice so it is i mean it is good i mean i have been lucky i feel hmm. Hmm. uh so yeah i i've never had any experience of the sort but if you ask me you know why does this happen is this is because the patient when you see when you look at the point of view of the patient that guy is very frustrated of course the are a typical government hospital is not designed to make things easier for the patient <laughs> i tell you that thing very honestly yeah it he has to stand in yeah. five yeah he has to stand in five different queues just to get the basic investigations done okay and it is something that nobody can help because the volume of patients is so high that you can't help it yeah okay the patient is admitted in the wards in the wards again there is like one doctor and there are like 70 patients yeah there are two staff nurses and 70 patients so you know the satisfaction or the level of satisfaction from the service Hmm. which i feel is a basic human right at one at one point but that is not that that is not present oh. and what happens is after all this uh the patient dies or gets complicated in something hmm. so the entire focal point of anger is hmm. that one guy who is actually trying to do something for that for the patient yeah and that's the first year resident that's often the first year resident 
Okay, there is the guy who is running everywhere. He is the guy who is taking the file to the RMO, getting it signed, getting the drug sanctioned, getting everything done. But then he becomes the focal point because you you are only seeing him all the time. Yeah, he's just so visible. for you. Yeah, so for the patient and the patient relatives, that first year that first year resident represents the entire flawed system. And that's why he becomes a focal point of all anger, and that's why this happens. Yeah, I don't feel like personally. If you ask me, I don't feel that any patient comes to the hospital with the intention of beating somebody up. Of course, yeah, I couldn't help okay. them. Basically. But, but yes, these are the things that happen. So sometimes I feel we have to also think from the point of view of the patient also that yeah, okay, these things happen. Hmm. definitely we need a law to you know prevent such violent attacks we need more protection everything is there yeah but we also have to think that why these things are happening again and again despite security despite like n number of protests why are these things happening that we have to introspect of course i feel yeah yeah and i mean we see accusations flying around all the time that uh, doctors uh, charge hefty fees and then they are careless about their work. I mean, we see these allegations, not that I believe any of them, but I'm just saying that they charge hefty fees and then they are careless about it. They don't care what happens <coughs> to the patient. All they care about is their money. And then now people are uh, saying that many doctors invest in things like real estate or stocks and everything. And all they care about is money. And that is one of the reasons that a lot of these people rationalize their positions and rationalize or justify uh, you know becoming violent with doctors who sometimes they just things are out of their control how how do you view some of these situations because i'm sure even if you didn't uh, see, uh, experience it yourself i'm sure you might have seen these cases happen right see the thing is what you are talking is true what uh, i have seen even on social media uh, whether it be on twitter or be it on my page uh, mm. what i've seen is people have this kind of attitude that yeah, how is a doctor supposed to make money uh, like mm-hmm. a good doctor is the one who charges the least amount of fees like even within my relatives i have heard that you know uh, there was this guy he was such an excellent doctor he used to charge only 5 rupees yeah okay but was the treatment good <laughs> so there is no comment on that but okay it, it it would have been good i am not saying anything like that okay sorry but the thing is that there is a general perception that doctors are not supposed to make money because you are dealing with human life see this is the problem is hmm. uh, i have seen a lot of my colleagues also compare you know our jobs with ki are engineers itna paisa kama rahe hain lawyers itna paisa kama rahe hain why should not be not on hmm. i agree we should yeah. also earn i mean yeah. we have families to run yeah. we have families to depend yeah. on us everything is there but why the general public don't mm-hmm. see it that way is because we deal with human lives people don't come to us because they are happy people come yeah. to us out suffering yeah, yeah. right yeah and we are treating that suffering and we are charging that money so in the view in the minds of people it's often like that they are earning from our suffering Yeah, so I mean, how yeah. are they, how are they supposed to make so much money when we are suffering? How are they happy? Yeah, well, I mean, people I, do say that. Uh, yeah, people do say that. Yeah, Even I've heard. Yeah. I've heard this. I've heard this on my face. Wow, uh, you say that to your face? How are you enjoying it? Huh? <laughs> 
so, yeah, because I mean, so, I couldn't imagine myself saying this to um, a, a person like a doctor of all people. But even in general, I mean, whatever you do, you get any service, you pay for it. We we pay for like it. Like exactly. we we going we going back to the basics of any kind of transaction yeah. among people. You give something and you get something. You just you it's not charity. Exactly. Yeah, it's not charity. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody, nobody should do charity. I am strongly, I am strongly against you know the free services of any kind. Uh-huh. Like if it, you mean from government or control, from I would other pay, people? I would pay even the consultant who is seeing me. I would say, hmm. sir, please take your fees, whatever. Hmm. Take a minimum fees, but take something. Yeah. Because uh, whatever is free loses its value. Of course. Yeah, it's a very it's a very simple world principle. If it is free, nobody cares for it. Yeah. Okay. People come to our OPD and uh, they ask us to write, you know, three months ka dawa likdo vitamin ka, three months ka acidity ka likdo, ye tonic likdo, powder likdo. Why? Because they're getting everything for free. Actually, it is not indicated, but yeah, mil raha hai. Le lo. So that's how the things work. So if it yeah. is free, people don't value it. That's what I feel. I mean, yeah. I might sound to be this very crony capitalist while saying this, but it's a fact. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yeah, it's observable. It's observable. Whatever you get for free, you don't value. Yeah. We don't value. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but those are, I mean, some things that are the popular notions that, that are present among the people about doctors and the medical profession in general. And you've, you've done a quite a good job in your blog. And as I understand, you're also trying to get your book published with some of the entries from your blog. Yeah. So yes, I'm trying, uh, uh, I'm getting this, uh, uh book published. Uh, it's called cuts and bruises. Yeah. And, uh, it is, it has uh, my, some of my experiences of residency. Hmm. So one chapter, which I narrated in the beginning, it is there in the book. Apart from that, there are 11 other chapters. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, is it the your blog series that you had done and just that? Yeah, it is. I, it is my blog series and a few more additional stories apart yeah. from that. Uh, could you uh, narrate one of those stories? Because I've read of your other blog stories, and I, I mean, it's fascinating yeah, what is, you people go through. I, I just want to know about this more. So please just and also maybe you yes. could it it would serve like an advertisement for people. I know I'm going to buy your book, but. Thanks, thanks yes, yes. So one story that we already heard was uh, this thing, uh, maggots and mangoes. mangoes. Yeah, uh, mangoes and mangoes. So another one which is you know really close to me was, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's of this guy. Uh, what is the name? The name was provoked pancreas. The name of the story is oh. provoked pancreas. Yeah, yeah, I remember reading this. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So this was the story of. Uh, uh, this patient had come to my OPD, severe mm. pain in abdomen, mm. and he was a chronic alcoholic since 20 years or something. He was having, he was taking alcohol daily, mm. and finally his pancreas said, "Enough, you are dead." So the pancreas got angry. See, in surgery we have this, uh, we have this saying that don't mess with the pancreas. And this guy had taken alcohol daily for 20 years. His pancreas had eventually given up, had got, had gotten inflamed. So he was in acute pancreatitis and it was going towards sepsis. So he came to us and um, we arranged the drug. The drug for it was very expensive. Hmm. So we tried to get it free from the superintendent, the RMO. Fortunately, everybody 
complied with us and uh, they they listened to us and signed everything we got it for free the patient got treated he was going home and then he came back again for another surgery because that inflamed pancreas had a collected fluid inside it which had to be drained so he came back and that was my first it that became my first procedure of that kind it, it was called cystogastrostomy so that was my first <laughs> cystogastrostomy that way and that patient went back home he's still alive yeah. and he had given up on alcohol so yeah. uh, that was a story and it was pretty inspiring you know because that guy had like two kids 5 year 6 year old and the wife was illiterate the wife uh, made the husband give up alcohol yeah. she said to me sab i will take care main dhyan rakhungi ye kabhi daru ko touch na kare Yeah. so yeah it was it was one of those experiences where you feel like okay this guy has been given a second life yeah and you really hope that he uses up he uses that life well of course i mean it is literally like giving them a second life right i mean if you say something it like does, you said like you never touch the pancreas like. that means <laughs> such a vital organ and if that's giving you trouble yeah, and you still live through it it's 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 a miracle i mean there's no other thing that i can say for that guy of course i mean for you guys it's a procedure so been, i don't know yeah and, and just to be clear i'm not drinking alcohol i'm just having thumbs up <laughs> yeah okay yeah so um, yeah you uh, uh, happen to mention a lot of uh, in, in a lot of your stories you uh, the crowd that you usually talk about uh, are underprivileged now there is one more uh, crowd of people not exactly underprivileged but who are kind of a pain for you and those people actually they've been in vogue for the last i don't know 4 or 5 days um those people are the people who peddle pseudoscience especially in the medical field there's a lot of people who do that now i'm not saying that uh, i mean I'm, i'm not saying all of those people are peddling pseudoscience but a lot of it is pseudoscience have you ever had experiences where people come to you with Uh, i mean uh, patients come to you with ideas like this which have been put them into their heads by some other people who just don't know anything about medicine but they just say that i've heard this drink this kadha and it will be okay mm-hmm. take this and it will be okay and then this it, this worsens the problem have you had any cases like that daily oh wow <laughs> daily <laughs> yeah i mean so see what what happens is in in india uh, there is a doctor in every household okay <laughs> they may or may not have a degree but they are doctors uh-huh. so yeah, every out in the household has a doctor no 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 like we have patients with cancer and i have legit i have heard people say to my face you know uh, you should not eat sugar i said why because you know cancer cells feed on sugar they no uh, it doesn't work like that so there was this guy who was peddling all this nonsense on my page and then he sent me a link see this is called warburg effect i said dude i am studying warburg effect it is not like that <laughs> it, di- it didn't listen <laughs> but then yeah apart from that there are so many patients every opd i am seeing patients uh, some like especially in my field see cancer is a disease which when you have it a person will lose all his will all his hope and uh, it is like a dubte ko ko tinke ka sahara and he will take up anything anything that offers him hope yeah 
the problem with human tendency the human tendency is as such what i have seen over at least the past 3 years of of being in cancer institute mm-hmm. is that we do not uh, we don't uh, we want to have fun but we don't want to get its result i mean we don't want to be punished for it we want to have fun we want to enjoy without any consequences people want to have people want to eat tobacco pan masala want to smoke as many cigarettes as they want they don't want cancer if they have cancer they want it to be treated without surgery without chemo without radiation okay if they decide to undergo surgery they want to have perfect oral function no complication uh, which is not actually no pain it is not actually possible when you are operating there is bound to have some or the other problem in that yeah so people want a life without consequence so when these guys get cancer they go for the path of least resistance a guy will say okay go to this uh, homeopathy ayurvedi and they will give you these many drugs and you will feel better so is a person feels better because some drugs some of some some drugs they you feel better by the placebo effect you are okay i'm feeling good i'm feeling good suddenly one day you will come you will come back to the hospital with a very huge advanced disease cannot be operated cannot be radiated and you die wow so this happens and this yeah. has this i have seen numerous times not once i have seen operable patients become metastatic stage 4 from stage 1 to stage 4 mm. 6 months wow and one month later they are dead you can't help it i i used to be frustrated initially but then eventually I'm, i i decided okay i can't help it <laughs> yeah i mean especially now that i think of it especially uh, people who deal with cancer quite pe- people like you and oncologists other oncologists uh, they might be dealing with a lot of uh, patient deaths right uh, yeah does it affect i mean of course it does <coughs> affect people personally but i mean how do you people me stay positive in a way because you're going to have patients eventually who who die i mean sometimes it's just inevitable and then you have to get over it because you have to come to work next day right how, how do hmm. people manage that I, i've been curious about this a lot see patient death patient complications uh, even surgery you have to detach yourself from that whole process hmm. you have to be attached enough but you have to still be detached like uh, i think once we talked about it oil on water principle yeah the oil has to be on the water but it has to be separate from it yes it cannot be disturbed by what is going below its surface yes so that's how i that 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 that's how i live i inform a death of a patient and then i have to go to a party i go because i can't be involved i can't be involved with them if i do i'll go crazy anybody would go crazy yeah yeah okay so i have had days where i have informed four deaths before the start of opd from 7 am to 9 am i once in my night duty from 7 am to 9 am i informed four deaths i filled four death summaries and then i started my day <laughs> so that happens that that, yeah. that that happens you get used to it you 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 really get used to it i mean one year of residency things don't touch you anymore it's all mechanical after one point of time yeah i mean practically you all people are like j dot asthanas for me i mean it's <laughs> that level of disconnected i mean yeah i mean even no, I it is needed otherwise person, but i still get involved 
if i'm if i'm talking to someone just once or twice it's okay but if i'm treating someone i'm just saying if i spend that much time with yeah. someone it's natural to develop a sort of bond or you, you have to get involved you have to take care of them as you have to do everything you can for them yeah okay i'm not saying detachment doesn't mean that you say okay chuck it let them do whatever they want marte marte do jeete that is not detachment not i'm talking about. yeah i understand you have to be there all the through but you cannot let it affect your mind yeah objectivity basically you preserve you objectivity to, you have to be very objective yeah. this is what is happening this is what yeah. i'm supposed to do my role is not to be their comforter my yeah. role is to try and save the patient Hmm. and try my everything to save them my role is not to give them mental support and all if i do hmm. everything like that i'll go crazy yeah, i'll course. go mad of course of course <laughs> yeah so you have to keep that level of detachment that balance you have to keep hmm. and you learn i mean in one year of residency everybody learns to have that kind of balance you <laughs> it comes with the description of job yeah uh yeah this is sort of a detour uh, uh, in the initial conversation that we were having about like medicine versus pseudoscience i mean, mm. uh, i was fascinated about how doctors would react to something that was in the news very recently that now ayurvedic doctors will now be allowed to do surgeries is uh, i think that's the uh, new development that we're hearing about and uh, mm. uh, there's there's a lot of talk about that especially in the hashtag med twitter because a lot of doctors were pushing back against this and i understand completely understand why because you people are actually trained in surgery because this mbbs is it it does have uh, i mean bachelor of medicine and bachelor yeah, of surgery so you are formally trained in it and then when you see people who are trained in ayurveda i'm not denigrating ayurveda it certainly has its merits i don't know but if they are not explicitly trained in surgery like you are formally and then they are eventually allowed to do surgery then if all goes well then all goes well no problem but who takes responsibility for the failures i mean they're not trained <coughs> very true see the thing is you know a lot of people read the whole outreach incorrectly because uh if you're not aware i also run another facebook page it's called mm-hmm. surgery memes for anesthetized teens i just started <laughs> years back and okay. it was inactive and then i made a few memes which got mm. really viral around mm. this time last week mm. and one of the memes were was shared by a page called ayurveda doctors and then mm. they started targeting me mm. oh. okay so what i i i was able and what i'm seeing is says that is going across is a modern doctors are opposing the whole thing because they're seeing this as a competition like if ayurveda surgeons start performing gender surgery or you know modern surgery procedures then it's a competition for them might be you're talking uh, about how people are reading the outrage wrongly right how people are reading the whole outrage whole whole outrage by the allopathic doctors the modern medicine doctors yeah you kind of so this is how people are reading ha huh. so the the issue is not that i mean for me personally the issue is that you know Uh, as you said who will take responsibility hmm. the issue is of the mismanagement of a patient hmm, hmm, hmm. now a patient doesn't know patient will only see the Results. the prefix doctor he will see the suffix ms and then that's all <laughs> yeah oh and then he will go and then he'll be operated he'll be if he's complicated then he'll hmm. come back to us mostly 
and then he'll come back to us it will be a complicated case again the prognosis will not be good what could have been a very simple surgery gets really 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 messed up so uh, what i'm the all the outrage that i have is from the point of view of a patient even you know most of the tweets that you would have seen they were all patient experiences like yeah. there there was an internal medicine there there is, there is an internal medicine guy who wrote how uh, uh there were steroids in those capsules those ayurvedic capsules which messed up his patient's diabetic status and uh, the heavy metals that it caused the chronic renal failure yeah so all these things they are not affecting his practice these things are not affecting his practice hmm. he has still having he still having the the internal medicine guy still has his patients hmm. but the patient who is losing his life or his limb because hmm. of such practice hmm. he is losing everything so what we are outraging at hmm. times i feel is on behalf of the the unknown patient yeah so that's what the thinking is the message yeah. that is going across is you know that we are outraging because we are seeing as a it is a threat to our practice and we are seeing it as a competition there is nothing like that yeah india has yeah. india has a 1 billion people 1 billion people 1 billion potential patients <laughs> you can never yeah. have you can never have a cramped competition with this bigger case load it is correct. impossible correct yeah yeah that's so, true yeah that's what and again i have i have all the respect for every every field mm-hmm. i have all the respect for ayurveda all the respect for homeopathy i am on homeopathic medication myself for my skin skin uh, uh, skin ailment but again again because it is effective it is effective in this condition and that that's what i'm saying every field has its own limitation and they should respect the limitation now mm-hmm. if ayurveda has its own has its use in skin ailments or in chronic lung diseases mm-hmm. continue with that yeah. why do you want to also give diclo and pcm and why do you want to also do incision and drainage and all that stuff why yeah. <laughs> so true that's true. what it is yeah yeah i mean makes sense yeah and my point just a personal anecdote from my side i mean not that i know any of this stuff in detail but uh, back when uh, i was in school we used to live in an apartment and where our neighbor uh, he had a uh, i mean degree a degree in ayurvedic sciences uh, bams i think it's called yeah so he was working in pune we stayed in nanded actually so he he was in pune working under uh, some uh, established uh, practitioner of ayurvedic medicine and he used to come to uh, nanded every weekend It's like a twelve-hour journey, and on the weekends he used to see a lot of people, lot of patients in his house, neighboring house. Hmm. And I've seen okay because I, I I was also living there when he was doing that uh, degree BAMS. So I don't know from where, but he was not there. I know how exactly how many people used to come to his house, which was zero. They, they didn't have any visitors. <laughs> not that kind of family. But when he started his okay. practice. on saturdays and sundays the entire apartment uh, staircase used to be crammed with patients for two days our movement was restricted and that is the volume of people that come to see ayurvedic patients uh, ayurvedic doctors yeah so i don't doctors. understand this at my level i don't understand why people are saying that 
ayurvedic people are a competition i mean they are they are taking up uh, uh, say uh, they are creating competition for allopathic doctors or like traditional modern medicine doctors and modern medicine doctors are angry about it i don't understand this because ayurvedic doctors either way they have a huge patient intake uh, patient uh, you know group people come to them anyway so why would they need to do these things uh, i mean why would allopathic doctors need to do these things in order to keep them at bay i don't understand this it, like i said i don't understand technicalities but this exactly. is just like an anecdote that i have for myself so uh, that that is one of the things you had something to say no that's what i'm saying see every every field has its scope every practitioner will have his patients if he's good yeah okay but when you one field you try to enter the another field hmm. like as surgeons we understand radiology hmm. but we don't go and we report the ct scans that's the job <laughs> of a radiologist because he's correct. been doing it for so many years correct as a surgeon i can see a ct scan i can give a diagnosis i can i have some basic idea hmm. but i cannot go and you know i i cannot give the ct report i cannot supersede the radiologist yeah i can't say that okay you i know this so you cannot write it hmm. i i have a bridge course in radiology i should be i should be giving this report i can't say that of course yeah. so that's what i'm saying every branch should respect it i i know that i know the medication of hypertension and diabetes hmm. but i don't go and treat hypertension and diabetes i don't supersede my internal me, internal medicine guys correct because they have been doing it for 3 years 4 years yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's what i'm saying yeah so the specialization basically has its limit that's the whole point of specialization ayurveda right. has its limits has its uses hmm. should stay there yeah. we should stay there okay i i don't know why the whole conflict is there yeah <laughs> and i mean yeah this is a i mean we discussed about this but um this is one more aspect of this okay and this just completely beats my mind for some reason i don't understand this at all uh, whenever you question some people i'm not saying all people who advocate for ayurveda specifically ayurveda okay so they say that ayurveda is the most scientific medicine there is it has a solution for everything and modern medicine people are fooling others and everyone would say that other guy is fooling yeah i mean it's not just trolls okay i mean say people who no no serious to, serious uh, people yeah serious people do this and it, it, it's inexplicable i don't understand so if your medicine is that good shouldn't you you know be bothered with proving it to the entire world uh huh that, that's what i'm saying that is the whole point na if yeah. see, and it is also good it is good but you can't say that uh, you know the other guy is fooling everyone hmm. we are the best hmm. nobody says that yeah i mean modern medicine has progressed proof. so far see modern medicine i feel has progressed so far because it is research based yes the text the surgery textbooks that i read in my ug which was mm-hmm. in 2011 final year mm-hmm. uh, they are outdated now and it is 2020 in 9 years they are outdated wow. i cannot refer to them anymore mm-hmm. so that's that's the pace of development which is happening of course the oncology yeah. textbook that i'm reading now has some studies whose result the the textbook was published in 2018 so there mm. are some some studies whose results are being published this year so mm. that textbook the latest edition is already outdated wow so, so this is the pace of development this is the pace of research which is which is happening 
Yeah. In the face of this, you cannot say that you know we have been doing the same thing for three thousand years and it is working. When it's not working, the average lifespan has increased now over the years. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. <clears throat> but okay, I feel eventually, it's all just most of the these things are outrages are reserved for. uh the for, for the internet for the social media yeah it's basically and just cloud i don't know yeah out in the real world nothing of the sort matters if you are good yeah. patients will come to you irrespective yeah. of your qualification yeah that's that's the bottom line i mean yeah. there is no other bottom line when it comes to <laughs> the practice yeah <laughs> of course i mean and practice is one thing of course you you people would uh, whoever does the best they get the most patients like you said it's it's just the way it works but specifically about studies i think you and i had this discussion on social media somewhere or maybe some other doctors that i interact with it is that uh, whatever specific branch of medicine that you are modern medicine ayurveda homeopathy whatever if you think that your specific branch of medicine has the answer to certain things then shouldn't you be bothered with doing studies on that publishing the results and you know putting it out there doing like double blind peer reviewed research that no one can refute at least without any new evidence shouldn't that be something that people are bothered with and I'm, this is now particularly talking about ayurveda people they said uh, many people say that it's not just uh, treatment based it's also prevention based so they also do the preventive thing and yeah. uh, i've seen people make like outlandish claims about it so like i don't even uh, no, understand how extent. those work but but i mean yeah. when it when is, we ask is where true. is it coming from then they just say it's written in this 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 book and it here and you just we just believe it i'm just saying you you believe it that's not the way science works is this has been my complaint for a long time no see what uh, the thing is that in india na anecdotal evidence is above everything else yeah. one person is saying this it represents the entire class it represents everybody that's how it works but again uh, i'll really i'll i'll agree to it that uh, ayurveda yoga these have a very good preventive role when it comes to hypertension diabetes and other lifestyle disorders definitely they have yeah but when yeah. when you have diabetes you you have to take insulin you have to take oh the oral hypoglycemic drugs whatever mm-hmm. you have to have it mm-hmm. because otherwise the sugars will go out of control you will land up in diabetic ketoacidosis you will land yeah. up with limb gangrene mm-hmm. these things will happen because the body doesn't obey the laws of the the, the body doesn't recognize which medicine system is treating it the yeah, it body just, will only recognize the disease correct correct yeah so okay happens yeah and connected to this actually uh, now there's one more like big monster coming now uh, it's the, uh, we we have been seeing this pandemic for the last almost a year now uh, yeah mm. and now there are many companies who who have been working on the uh, vaccine for a long time and now we are hearing yeah. that the vaccine will soon be available in a lot of people, <coughs> a lot of countries and yeah. as it happens with every vaccine we have anti vaxxers and i feel the need to talk about this right now because there are prominent handlers and some of them are even based in science 
I won't name any names, but I, I know a few people who work in science and they're still claiming that these vaccines will not work. And these are just uh, being made by these companies, Pfizer and all of that to make money. And these are not going to work. So don't take them. Okay. Uh, Do you have anything see, to say I'm about this? Not really. See, honestly speaking, I'm not an expert when it comes to infectious diseases and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what no, I mean, I'm just saying is from the perspective that, of the same you know, thing that you're so skeptical yeah. of science that you're actively saying don't trust them even though they have studies because they've managed the studies true uh, see vaccinations and all you know uh, the anti-vaxxer movement has been going on since a very long time yeah, yeah. Uh, we have heard that you know oral polio vaccine will cause you uh, these, these, these number of side effects it causes autism Yes, there have been some incidences, but again, as I said, anecdotal evidence is always superior in the eyes of the people compared to anything else. Statistical like you, evidence. you can, yeah, you can have a, a case series, you can have a cohort study, you can have a meta-analysis. But if your neighbor comes and says, "Dekho, mere bete ke saath aisa ho gaya," you will believe the neighbor more than anyone else. So that's how things work. That's how things yeah. work in real life. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to vaccines against the coronavirus, once again, we, uh, we personally, I'm in a bit of a balanced mode. Hmm. I'm, I'm sure that the vaccines are not going to give 100% protection. I'm sure, but I'm also sure that they are not total failures. Yeah, fair so enough. Yeah. My mind is somewhere in the middle hmm. and the trials are going on. Let them see how much, let, let the trial results come out. Yeah, and as I said, that's how that's how modern medicine works. Yeah, exactly. That's how modern medicine works. You have uh, you you have a drug. You don't release it to the unsuspecting public. Hmm. You put it through trials. Yeah. After trials, you have a phase four study where it is the post release. You you study from the patients. Hmm. So yeah. till there that these these trials are going on. Hmm. So let it come out. Let's see what happens, and then we can all decide about it. Yeah, but again, no. I mean, I I don't see the need of you know, spreading that havoc unnecessarily. That even exactly. the vaccines will be useless and the virus will consume us all eventually. I I don't see the point of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, just like spreading chaos. I I was thinking. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, and it specifically bothers me because these are prominent handles. Okay, so they have sway over. I mean, I wouldn't say sway. At least they they make impressions on a lot of people. In the range of like hundreds of thousands of people, once they are on social media, and this so everyone is entitled to their opinions. I feel eventually, of but course, then if but, you but are, this, if you this is not literary criticism that we're talking about, right? This is med- This is science. You you don't get to have any opinion in. Uh, of course, you get to have an opinion, but you don't get to claim that it's a correct opinion. <laughs> <laughs> if evidence Very proves you wrong, then you you're wrong. And, and, and this is especially because I mean, even I am from a science background, so I mean. This this stuff actually does bother me, and this might sound like a broken record, but the problem is that if you're saying that because you don't trust a few corporations, they want to mint money and all of those arguments, because you don't trust them, you're actively going to tell people outright lies or incorrect things about these things, and especially when you don't even people lie, like you said. 
they spread autism, uh, uh, like uh, polio vaccine spread autism. And then these, uh, uh, again, these COVID vaccines that people are saying that it's nothing, it's a placebo and people are just taking it and uh, either way people are recovering. So the recovery rate is very high. So these 94.5 and 95% uh, numbers are just people who are recovering anyway and it's not because of the vaccine. That's what people are saying. The, you are saying you are talking about being you are talking about being anti-vaxxer. I have seen people who are anti-virus. I mean, they are still denying the existence of the virus. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> those movements. Are, <laughs> I, I have seen those. Theorists. Yeah, it's a different level, you know. That virus yeah. is a conspiracy by the government to control our behavior. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm not kidding. Okay, I have seen this on Twitter. The yeah. mask is a symbol of of that people should shut up the temperature gun is the government normalizing shooting your head i have heard oh this God. i have seen this <laughs> i'm not kidding so yeah. i mean people are I, crazy. I saw some of uh, some of this being spoken about in uh, some of the podcasts and news networks that i follow but then i just just zone out and i keep myself away from that i mean it just drives me up the wall i don't know but yeah, this, this is the case anyway. So that people have weird opinions about science and because it is about medicine specifically, that's why I have these, these many questions because it's directly to do with people's lives. It's not something to be trifled with. And yeah, that, that brings me to something that's more interesting and a little removed from your particular subject, but still. If you remember a few months back, we had a famous uh, uh, you know episode about this modernity being a, a a problematic force in the world specifically when it comes to medicine as well but even in general like modern medicine is a problem hmm. say and then people like started saying that modernity itself is a problem hmm. How do you deal with people who do like this? Because I'm sure you've seen such people in real life as well. How do you deal with such people? No, I avoid them. How do you convince? No, I mean, you can avoid them. But the thing is, if if such a person is your patient, what do you do? I give them option. Then it's on them. (laughs) See, after all this time, after at least six years of residency, what I have Mm -hmm. seen is that you cannot uh, change the way a patient thinks. You yeah. have to give them all options. You have to explain them all the options. And then I have seen a patient who a uh, hemoglobin of three. He was brought on a stretcher with bleeding from the anal cavity, the anal canal. Mm. And he was severe ongoing bleeding was there. I had to catheterize the patient to monitor the urine output. I catheterized. He outrightly refused catheterization. And he took discharge. I said, I want to go home. I said, to you will die. He said, no, I still want to go home. For the absence of catheterization, he ran away from the hospital. So wow. you can't convince everybody. You can't convince everybody in the world that my way is the right way. You, ha- you can only give them options. You can say, see, this is good for you. This is good according to my knowledge. According to the knowledge of my seniors, according to the world, but you do what you want. <laughs> so if he does what he wants, if he wants to go away, if he wants to have the Gaunka medicine, he will go. You can't stop him. And if he wants to stay and if 
I mean, there is magic in your words, he will stay. So that's how it works. You can't convince everyone. Yeah. You have to just let them be. Yeah. So if I meet such people in real life and they are not my patients, I ignore. If they are my patients, I try to convince. If they are affecting me directly, I tell them to stay out of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good policy. That's that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was in the 10th, everyone faces this question to to go for math or to go for biology. And uh, personally, the people who go for the math and biology thing I, I think those are like superhuman people or they just don't know anything <laughs> dude i was one of those yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know how they do that but either way so it was basically a decision between medicine and engineering and yeah. one of the things is someone is just started talking among our friends and someone actually raised an issue like this that uh, doctors a lot of the time doctors have to convince the patient to do something and they, they may not always agree and at that time, I was very argumentative. So I knew that if I cannot convince a patient, I'll strong arm him. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever to get my way. And this is just not the way to go. So that was one of the things that I consciously thought and avoided medicine. <laughs> I, I just cannot. Because you, at least at that point, I could step. not. Now I just, I don't even know. So because my I don't have to deal with people for, for a living. So um, I mean, I, I guess I'm probably just, you have to come to an acceptance at one point that you know you can't change everyone yeah you can't change everyone you you have to do you do what you're good at and that's all yeah yeah that makes sense correct um yeah and now uh, i think we're done with the uh, medical part of the podcast now i just wanted to talk about some other stuff and you know what the other stuff is is just Things are that, that, that we talk about all the time, <laughs> not just us, a lot of people. So it's about, um, yeah, one thing that I see you getting into arguments in on social media mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that people often see your profile on social media, mm-hmm. they see one mm-hmm. tweet of yours and they go to your profile, they see you're a doctor, and then they, they give out this statement as if like they're the president of India or something that this is a quote-unquote right-wing doctor and I don't know how he or she would treat patients or he would you would treat patients so I would just not go to this person yeah so, I mean, people say that I mean people looking at your tweets they I've seen so many times we've discussed about this there's so many times people say that you are a extremist right-wing fascist doctor and you would treat a left-wing patient or a patient that you don't like badly how do you respond to them? I know, but I just want people who are listening to uh, this podcast, I want them to know how you respond to them because this is a very unique way in which you handle them. I just Nein. ignore, but you do something very interesting. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> no, no, no. I See, first of all, I'll tell you one thing very important. I once uh, told it before also, it is oil on water. You have to be like that even on social media. You have to yeah. be very thick-skinned. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So the way I think what I see is uh, that uh, Twitter is full of virtual lynch mobs. And uh, these, they try to corner you and they try to attack you. Freedom of speech and, uh, you know, the dignity of talk and everything of that is just hypothetical for them. Uh, freedom of speech exists for them as long as you are agreeing to what they want to say. If you want to, yes. if you say anything they don't agree with, 
they will be more fascist than probably uh, Mussolini. I think. <laughs> so, coming back to my point, yeah, you have to be thick-skinned. You don't have yeah. to let these people get to you. Yeah. Uh, actually, it happened with me today uh, since yesterday night again. Yeah, so, I saw you um, say that. Started and it just went on and on and on and I don't know. <laughs> I had to actually delete the tweet because I didn't want unnecessarily thras and unnecessary yeah, of uh, clogging of my notifications. So, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, what what happens is you know these these people uh, it they mirror or they reflect their thoughts on you. Yeah, they projection, project I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is, yeah, it is, it is called projection. I was mm. just missing that word. Yeah, projection. <laughs> they project mm. their these the, their thoughts on you. Mm. Uh, they project the way they think on you. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's why I keep on saying that. Forget me. If a so-called sangi patient comes to you, mm. I will be scared for his health. because yeah yeah i never thought that somebody can even think of something like this yeah not only that thought you believe that i'm doing because this thing is ingrained in your brain so some way you will find a way to justify it yeah i remember three years ago i was running a fairly popular page on facebook that was the era of golden era of facebook pages Mm -hmm. talking Mm -hmm. of 2017 Mm-hmm. So that's when I quit. It was Facebook. a fairly popular uh, right-wing page, and uh, I just made this off-the-hand comment mm-hmm. that if tomorrow somebody uh, attacks and kills Arunab Goswami, mm. this liberal gang will be the first to celebrate and see what happened in 2020. Exactly the same thing happened. Yeah, I mean, exactly the same thing happened. Yeah. They were celebrating. Mm-hmm. I had said three years ago that if this thing happens, they will actually go on and write that he was not even a journalist. So yeah, we don't I, have to feel sad for him. Yeah. And that's what happened in 2020. Yeah. The, these people, they project their own beliefs on you. So it doesn't affect me personally mm. because I know that they are just projecting their own beliefs. Yeah. If they meet me face to face, I don't, I mean, I will just laugh them off. I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, face to any anyone with anyone with a modicum of sense will laugh off their these these allegations. Yeah, but it works on social media because it looks very sensational. Yeah, true, true. Of course, yeah. One of but the guys, one of the guys, he's also a doctor. He's in this same this group of you know labeling everyone a fascist and an anti-doctor. Mm-hmm. He's actually my colleague. Uh, and I know him. Yeah, personally. Yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I know I know him personally. Hmm. I'm like, dude, you know me. <laughs> Your colleague, he works with me. You are my batchmate. Hmm. I mean, we have each other's number. We have talked on WhatsApp. Hmm. And now you are talking all this BS on Twitter. I mean, what is this going on? But again, it happens. See? Yeah. Because it looks very, it looks very sensational on social media. So you will put it. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, politics, <laughs> that's what the entire you know this has killed many friendships. I don't, I mean, I don't like it. Even for me, I, I practically lost a few friends because of social media. And that's why my Facebook account is. Uh, no, no, I I was lucky that way because uh, my my really close friends. We don't talk politics with each other. And when yeah. we do, 
we all we 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 actually we don't talk. I don't remember talking politics with my friends ever. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's okay. a good practice. And the friend I made on social media, hmm. that friendship is made on social media can be broken on social media. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Friendships we, we, made in we real life. That. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Friendships made in real life stay in real stay. life. Correct. True. True. Absolutely. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay with me. And again, but yeah, what you said is very true. And there is a reason that I have consciously depoliticized my Facebook. Hmm. I no longer I write any scathing political comments except hmm. sometimes when I really lose control. But <laughs> yeah, all of those. Days. It is like ten percent of what it was once upon a time. Uh-huh. So my Facebook account is totally normy, as they say, hmm. and my Twitter is different. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I just have a cursory Facebook account just to let people know that I'm alive. I'm not active <laughs> at all, and. Twitter, of course, we all know how Twitter works. It's super fast and all of that. Yeah, and just yeah. one more thing, you, you in your recent blog that you published in today, uh, I I went through that blog. I read it. You speak oh, yeah. about uh, the woke culture and how they try to cancel people off, and then you 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 uh, cited the example of uh, Major General G D Bakshi about his yeah. Vistara Airlines incident and all of that. The woke terror. Yeah, woke the terror. Exactly. The so yeah, the, the, the word you used is woke terror. And I yes. remember thinking, this is in the afternoon, I think when you shared, I read it immediately. So mm. I remember that this, in this context, just correct me if I'm wrong, my interpretation of this woke terror phrase, uh, I don't think you mean it in the sense of like Islamic terror or Nakshal no, I think you. No, 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 no. Of course, I, I'm saying. I mean, even as a metaphor, I don't think you're relating to that terror. What I think you're relating to is the red terror or the Jacobin terror. Uh, Those kinds see, of terrors. My, because the thing the, is, people, yeah. these people are. We often think that establishment is the government, but I, uh, with the, I agree here uh, with. Uh, uh, Rahul Roshan of Op India, and he says that the government is was never the establishment. The it establishment, is never the establishment. Yeah, the government, uh, the establishment is that which you cannot change. Yes, you can change the government by voting the other way, but what you True. cannot change is the people who just sit on top and then they just keep saying, broadcasting their opinions, and those True. are the people that can inspire such kind of terror. Those are the yes. people who are sitting on top of organizations who can. Just let people go for something, some inane comment they made 50 years back on some other thing. That's why I think that that woke terror is something like Jacobin terror. People live in fear of the authority of the establishment. establishment. How would you explain that for people who have not read the blog? How would you explain this whole context? The woke woke terror, the phrase that I framed... Uh, it it had a few meanings. Uh, one of one of which, of course, you described. The other one was hmm. uh, like they work as a bully. Yeah, yeah. These people they work as a bully. Hmm. Okay. What happened with Air Vistara? What happened with Air Vistara? Hmm. They shared a pick. They they shared a pick of uh, Major General G D Bakshi. Hmm. And then there was a deluge of tweets and very strong opinions from big handles. Hmm. From media houses yeah. that how can Vistara share the image of 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 what what was his crime? His crime was that he appears in Republic TV as a panelist. Yeah. I mean, come on, this this guy has worked in the army. He yeah. was in the Kargil War. Hmm. You forget all that. 
and you pour hate on an airlines for sharing his image because he is a panelist he is not the owner he is not the shareholder he is a panelist in a news house which you don't like okay and you force that airlines to take down that picture and then you they actually sit did. down and claim that's the worst part they, they, they did actually, that's actually. What they did they did and on a very small level it also it it is what happens with people like me it is what happens with a lot of others who hmm. uh, you know whom these people are trying to get cancelled yeah, over yeah. political opinions hmm. this is this what happened yesterday was a very small incident some of tweets of mine Hmm. uh they were i mean i was really harassed by a group, very strong group of leftists for a few days non stop hmm. over some very silly comment but hmm. see these things happen yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, their only aim their only aim was to bully me into submission hmm. okay and uh, somehow i did not get bullied uh, i bullied them back yeah, yeah. so it happened yeah. but, but again that what is happening uh, your bio used to be like the right wing troll your friends <laughs> warn you about or something right ha ah, yeah so that was the whole issue of yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. i remember that it's interpreted it wrong way <laughs> yeah 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 i remember that yeah. <laughs> so yeah so no what my point again is the hmm. woke terror so hmm. this is the terror they want to inspire hmm. uh any any terrorist organization i'm not only talking of islamic terror i'm talking of any terrorist organization right from the beginning of the ira the irish republic army hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah back in the 18th century any terrorist organization has only one aim it is to inspire fear and yeah, by inspiring fear terrorists yes yeah. and by inspiring fear you aim to alter the behavior of that person correct okay yeah, so post sense. 911 we saw that all the uh, all the airports in the world had uh, very different security protocols we yeah. altered our behavior because of correct. the terror so they were successful so, in a way exactly so that's that was my meaning of the word the woke terror yeah. they want to inspire terror and they want to change us they want to suppress the voices of those who they don't like yeah that's how it works yeah and and the most surprising part of this to me is that a few people who are not even woke woke is woke is what like this terminology itself is very recent it's 2 3 years it is very recent i didn't yeah. know about it last year <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a very recent phenomenon the people being called woke i mean we've had people who've shown signs of being woke for a long time but this terminology is new but the strange part really strange part to me is that there are some people who are <coughs> self proclaimed liberals okay those people engage in the same things if you remember there was this chef in dubai atul kochar you remember that case atul kochar i know yeah yeah, yeah. so and yes. this, this supposedly liberal person was also supposedly right wing by that i mean at that time on twitter she was famous for that and then she yeah. endangered his job in such a way for a silly comment i mean he made a factual error fair enough but then you attacked his employer and you complained about him he could have potentially he could have well, got a death penalty there you endangered yeah, his life and that's what that's what they did to countless people in the middle east this year yes yes and, and there was a there was a proper there was a proper group working towards it a uh, group yeah, of yeah. facebook uh, this uh, twitter accounts yeah, there was a telegram that. or a whatsapp group hmm. and uh, yeah, that 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 happened 
and then yeah. these guys had the gods to come out and say that we stand for the liberty and the freedom of speech and blah 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 yeah. come on here don't bs us yeah i mean <laughs> this is exclusive channel you can just express yourself no problem but the thing no, is, no, no. of course i'm just saying uh, this just baffles me because these are self proclaimed liberals okay some of them even have written books about why they are liberals so uh, i don't understand their, this behavior on their part if they really are liberal now there is an easy explanation that they are not because uh, <laughs> if you uh, listen to the previous monologues that i've done on this same very same podcast i've done two monologues on liberty of expression so one is actually about the paris beheading and then the other Bad. talks about the yeah just talks about the history of free expression and how people fought for it and if you read every these people whenever you say liberal it's assumed that it's either neoliberal or the classical liberals and these people call themselves classical liberals awesome. and if you go by their classical liberal principles these are anything but yeah exactly they, they don't tolerate other opinions that's what i gather from their online behavior and to hmm. think and to think that these people have influence i mean of course before the advent of social media it was just these people yes now when they are getting it back they want to cancel all voices and this is especially problematic for people like you because you never pull your punches you never pull huh. i've seen you interact uh, with a lot of these people and you never pull your punches you give it back yes probably this is something you and i share what i'm going to say is that we do not respect political correctness at all see what happened is what what happened is with the advent of social media people like these lost lost all relevance these they lost all revel all relevance because before this they were the only outlets of news okay when you have yeah. people like barkhadat or ravesh kumar or sagrika goes or rajdeep just to just to give out a few popular names hmm. these guys hmm. were the sole outlet of news hmm. okay hmm. Uh, the word in hindi is like they were the thekedar of news yeah okay what happened with the advent of social media is and you are not only the outlet of news you hmm. are you are also the influencer of public opinion yes so in 1998 when the atomic uh, when india tested its atomic bomb in pokhran Hmm. Sagrika goes wrote that this is an RSS bomb and yeah, called piece, yeah. called AP Doctor APJ Abdul Kalam bomb daddy. Yeah, yeah. So these guys were the sole proprietors of the public opinion. Hmm. What happened post the advent of social media is that everybody started having an opinion. Everybody was having an opinion, hmm. but nobody could seeing. express it. Yeah. the only way to express in the pre social media days were the famed letters to the editor which never got published of course yeah why would so, you publish something article to you especially when you have all the editorial exactly. control you don't do it so what with the advent of social media what happened is everybody who had an opinion came out with the opinion yeah and suddenly these people they lost their relevance so now they are fighting for their relevance yeah and if they are fight for their relevance the i mean relevance is the only thing which is dear to them because they have a lot Correct. of money i don't think that anybody is in need of money at this mm. stage 20 years 25 years of top level journalism i don't think they need money mm. okay mm. uh they need power they need the relevance back and Correct. that's what they are not having and that's what they are fighting for 
so if yeah. you are fighting for something which is so basic so, so essential to you you will use all the weapons in your arsenal correct and that's what they're doing hmm. so all your cancel culture or supporting of the woke and whatever you are seeing is because that they want to fight for relevance they don't have anything else left yeah so that's what is happening i think yeah i see that happening a lot i mean i it just beats my bubble and that's why i think that voices like yours and a lot of other voices i dare say even mine we are it's it's kind of important in a way because there has to be some pushback no matter yeah. how insignificant we are in the grand scheme of things but there have to Definitely. be voices at the very least Definitely, definitely, and, and uh, it's huge kudos to you because you, uh, uh, I've seen you do this for a very long time, and you never pull your punches like I mentioned, and I respect that about you. <coughs> and <laughs> thank, thank you. It's, it's just, I don't understand how these people just live with themselves for that that particular thing. Either way, well, um, they live because they don't. I. Personally, if you ask me, hmm. I don't think they mean it. I don't think they mean all they write. No, I mean it's not just they about don't. when. The, it's not just about what they mean or not. If you get cancelled because of something, now I mean you have at least till now nothing that bad has actually happened to you. But there are people yeah. who have lost their jobs. There the other day you you also wrote in times. your uh, you also wrote in your blog. About how people file FIRs because uh, their the feelings get hurt or something like that. Even our quote unquote our side people do that. But either way, yeah. what happens is it 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 doesn't matter if you mean something or not when you say it or you write it because there are people who write all sorts of nonsense. This this one particular person who writes for the print, I think yeah print. He wrote that if Modi ji wins even one less seat than all the seat five forty five, then he's a loser. That's what he wrote uh-huh. before the election. What nonsense is that? Can anyone really mean it? But the problem is not that. The problem is when these things have real-life repercussions. Yes. If people get fired, or worse, especially if they're living in the Middle Eastern countries or something governed by not common law systems, and they they get like weird or dangerous. They get into a dangerous situation. Who's responsible for that? That is why I think it's like it's a very problematic. And I, Definitely, like you say Definitely. in your blog, I don't see a solution. Hey, there is no solution to it because they are fighting. They are. It's a civilizational war on social media right now. Not every war is fought with bloodshed. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, but civilizational war is one thing. That's a battle of ideas. But here, yeah. I mean, you mentioned exactly what you're saying. It's 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 terror. Because the moment you have to alter your behavior in order to survive in that. In order to survive, yes, it is terror. Yeah, and we don't have a exactly. solution to it. That's the scariest part. But still, people like you, people like me, we keep talking about stuff. And I, especially, I'm sure you know. I'm definitely sure you know that I always we, yap about free speech. What we have to do is want see what to just step back. And let people talk whatever they want to, unless they are not calling for violence or something. But till that point, people just need to get out of each other's speech. That's what I think. See, what happens is, you know, people they lose control at times while writing and commenting. Hmm. I'm not saying that the guy who commented 
and who and who got fired was without fault okay mm-hmm. you you write that kind of a comment Hmm. and uh, you have to know that there 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 will be repercussions to it yeah so you have to take care about that obviously yeah i mean social repercussions it's for a moment okay so if you get fired you, you probably knew what you were talking about so if you still do it and you get fired then it's uh-huh. at a point it's understandable it even that is problematic because there's a there's a hmm. great piece written by uh, bari wise if you know who that is she used to write for new york times she's a big shot and she just resigned recently and she resigned actually because of the same reasons that she she okay. uh, one of the reasons was that the cancel culture was getting too obnoxious and she realized that this is it's not going to work as long as she cannot work in that situation as long as this continues so she just resigned true it was one of the things because it's it it gets intolerable especially when the state is involved if you're fired it's one thing because you could just go You're and fired and jailed and deported yeah deported or worse i mean in some countries you get executed for saying things like this so it's it's not that's new. what happens yeah <laughs> either way it is bad um, definitely bad <laughs> uh, i think uh, i've covered all things that i wanted to it's kind of time to wrap this up so yeah yeah and just one last thing i think you have your own podcast as well right on youtube and i do i do uh, it's tell, the tell us about uh, uh, that a little bit yeah it is the uh, my my podcast is the oncologist podcast and uh, i try uh, i try to i i try to interview as many doctors as possible hmm. uh, try to find the person behind the doctor yeah and that's my that's what my aim is i have so far uh, recorded two episodes Mm. i'm planning to record a third but then my voice gave away yeah um, because of diwali sweets and smoke <laughs> and the cold so yeah. my voice gave away for a while and i'm back so i'm hoping to record a third one very soon yeah so yeah that's all about it yeah so uh, i think that concludes all topics that i've thought about speaking with uh, shivam and what i'll do is i'll leave the link to your podcast in the description i'll also write the name of your book cuts and bruises if i'm right right cuts and bruises cuts and bruises i'll write the i'll leave that in the description and uh, i'll just say this that you guys should check out his podcast as well just to get to know what kind of people regular people doctors are and you should also sure, read his sure. blog i'll put that link in the description as well and uh, okay. it was great to have this chat with you shiva thank you thanks thanks yeah thanks a lot Namaste. Okay. If you like uh, today's uh, podcast, please consider subscribing. Please also consider subscribing to uh, Shivam's podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode. Namaste.